This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. George Norrie back with L.A. Marzulli, his latest video film, Out of Place Artifacts. L.A., where do people get a chance to watch this? Uh, it's up on our streaming site. That's streaming at lamarzulli.net, streaming.lamarzulli.net. Or if you want to get the DVD, it's just lamarzulli.net. But the streaming way is a great way to go because it's instant gratification. Uh, and you can check that out, streaming.lamarzulli.net. Great. You went back to Peru. What did you find there? Well, there's a lot of different sites in Peru. And it's just and it absolutely, if you've never been there, if you've never looked at, down at Sacsayhuaman from the little plateau, uh, and you look across the plaza, and there's Sacsayhuaman, or you go to Oyotintambo, and you look at the stones, um, the megalithic stones and the way they're constructed, Modern-day archaeologists insist that the Inca built these. But those of us with eyes to see look at this and go, you know, you're, you're, you're smoking something and you're dishing out a lot of hooey. Because the Inca, you can see the difference between the Inca slop, which is really a nice wall, but in comparison to what is actually there, the ancient megalithic structures are done in such a pristine um workmanlike way that to do it today on any of these sites could you do it possibly but you're looking at some of these stones like i talked about before the break 60 80 100 tons how do you move them and you know you go back a couple of thousand years before the horse was there you've got llamas i'm not buying that for a second and the quarry is according to brian forrester about 40 40 miles uh, away and at a lower elevation and apparently i've never been to the quarry but brian has and he said a lot of these stones were quarried high up on the cliff so how was that done uh moreover when you go to places like oyotintambo some of the stones which are have been thrown down by some sort of a cataclysmic event have they're odd shaped they're just not stones like like a pillar or uh, just a, a square or a rectangle 
they have extremely weird shapes in them. There's something is cut into them. They're, they're, they've been shaped very deliberately to do something. Those of us who've looked at it basically posit that what we may be looking at is some sort of ancient machine that was destroyed thousands and thousands of years ago. So I sat there with an archaeologist. He's actually an archaeoastronomer. And, and, and this gentleman, Andre uh, Agassi, believes, as I do, that we're looking at technology, which is no longer on the planet. It's not here. I mean, you can't duplicate this today. And so we're sitting in front of this, this area, which has been cut out. And it looks like some machine was thrust into the rock. It's all polished. The corners are pristine. There are no chisel marks or grinding marks, anything like that. It's completely void of anything. And so you start putting these things together, and and, I, and I've been on some of these sites like like Machu Picchu, and the, 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 the docents will sit there and tell us that the Inca were master stone builders, and you just want to you just want to scream because you guys are you guys are just parroting what you were told to say. Obviously. There are two different builders here. The Inca came in and repurposed the stone, just like we see in Egypt, where the later Egyptians come in and repurpose these very, very ancient megalithic sites. But we see this all, all around the globe. Other people come in and they repurpose the site. We see it here in the Americas in places like uh, the Octagon Mountain, the Circle Mountain. We film extensively there, uh, and that'll be... That'll probably be released early next year, that film. And what we discovered, I'm kind of hopping around here, but <laughs> what we discovered, you want to talk about out-of-place artifacts, is just mind-boggling, absolutely mind-boggling, and, and we'll talk about that at a later date. But certainly Peru is, is high on the list of, of out-of-place artifacts where you actually come into a site like Machu Picchu and you look at it and you kind of go, oh, my gosh, where did, where, why? And, and who did this? And why was it abandoned? George, there's something I've been drilling into on, on all my travels all over. All these sites have something in common in that they are abandoned and abandoned very abruptly. And I'm not going to tell you what my hypothesis is. That's in a later film and something I'm still working on, still researching, talking to archaeologists, anthropologists, different disciplines to try to just try to get my, my hand on the pulse here of what we might be looking at. But it's, it's high strangeness to, 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 to coin a term from the late Dr. Gallen Heineck. I mean, it is high strangeness all day long. We're looking at something that's like, you know, wow, seriously? But we'll see because wherever I go, and I just, I mentioned, you know, Machu Picchu. And when you, when you arrive there, that site was lost. No, no one knew it was there. I mean, the natives around the area knew it was there. But even today, just to get to the top of it, it's actually extremely harrowing. You think they put like a ski lift in or something. But you get on the bus and you, it's very circuitous and you do all these switchbacks and you wind your way up the mountain and finally there you are. And I'll never forget just coming into the gateway and there's, there's this ancient, ancient megalithic site. And the stones are huge, absolutely huge. And, of course, that begs the question, how were they moved? How were they cut? Moreover, who did it? 
out of place artifacts absolutely all day long. L.A., you talk a lot about the fallen angel technology. Is that the same as E.T. technology? I would say no. Um, We have to define our terms. You know, E.T. is extraterrestrial. So by definition, anything that doesn't originate or, or is born or comes from planet Earth is an extraterrestrial. I prefer interdimensional entity, um, and I believe that these uh, entities came here, set up shop. They did it over and over and over again. Um, they were destroyed in, in the Great Flood, and every every culture on the planet has a flood story mm-hmm. of some sort, so we know that it happened. I mean, I'm not making this up. It's a question of, you know, why were these sites abandoned, circling back to what I was just saying? Why are these sites abandoned? Why are they there in the first place? And and how was it that that we would have trouble duplicating some of the certainly Saxe Roman is, is a perfect example of that we would have trouble duplicating that today. But you go to some of these other places. Um, we were set to actually go to Israel, George, right before the war. We, we were Peggy oh, and I geez. were at the Prophecy Watchers conference, and we were headed to Atlanta that day, Saturday. We were headed to Atlanta, and from there on Sunday we would have been in Israel when war broke out. So. Our tour, which we call the Nephilim uh, tour, is would have taken us into northern Israel, where a lot of these sites are. Um, one of the sites that we love to take people to, of course, is Gilgal Raphaim, and that's called the Wheel of the Giants, the Circle of the Giants. It's 42,000 tons of basalt rock in five concentric rings with a tomb, which I've crawled into, by the way, in, in the center um, of of the site, it, and all these totally, artifacts, LA, are huge. All of them. Many of them are, but then you get other artifacts like the Nef- we call it the Nephilim lens, and that um, I, boy, I'd, I'd love to talk about that if you want to go there. But the Nephilim lens is just, and you want to talk conspiracy stuff. We got into some really weird stuff when we were testing that uh, that lens. That was found by a Michigan hiker, wasn't it? We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, he's out. Um, Bob Shelley is hiking around, and he comes into this abandoned campsite, and the lance is there, and it weighs 28 pounds. And he's thinking to himself, do I really want to hike out with this thing? 28 pounds, it's not some light little object. And he's already got a full pack, and he's out there camping. But he takes the thing. He brings it to us. We're there. Chief Joseph Riverwind takes one look at it and goes, it's not a sword, it's a lance. And then Chief Joseph tells us, this is mind-boggling, what's, what's in the Native American oral tradition, that the red-haired, six-fingered giants, the Nephilim giants, would raid and come into a village of Native American First Nation people and with these lances, which are about three feet long, and they would, they would run through three braves. Oh, and they, as they're at, at one time, at one time, and they lift them over their head, screaming and yelling, popping their heads off, drinking the blood like like a Coke can. I mean, they were unbelievable. And this often Chief Joseph, I'm not, I'm not elaborating in any way. He comes on the record and talks about this. So Bob Shelley allows us to test the metal and we take a very small sample. We bring it to a, a, a highly renowned metal testing lab and an unknown unknown. Uh, location. I'm not going to give away the, or embarrass the lab. And we're met with the technician who assures us that the lab will be able to ascertain roughly when the thing was made, what the composition is, all the particulars that we're looking for. Well, six weeks go by. We were supposed to have the answers in two weeks. And I'm calling. It's like, you know, where where's the results? We So I fly back into this place. It's uh, it, near Detroit. I fly back in and I meet Bob Shelley there and, and we're we're there now but all of a sudden the technician has a pr person next to her she won't talk to us directly everything mm. has to be censored with the pr person and she is absolutely um just <laughs> i mean this is the managed agenda and, and, she, and she's got she, and she's got the whole lance she's got the she's got the whole thing she, no she no she's just got a very small piece of it Okay. There's well, one of the things I refused to do and told Bob Shelley this. We're just going to take a piece of a lance. No way we're going to let this thing out of our sight. No way. What piece did you take? The handle, the the we, tip, or what? We just took from from the, the half from the where the where it would actually tie into the into a shaft of wood. The thing weighs twenty eight pounds. I mean, it's really heavy. Yeah. So um, this guy Christian Winder, who comes in uh, on the film, um, and and he had a at a lap. And he heard my lamentation regarding the fact that we weren't really getting a straight shot with the testing. So he, he tested this thing, and 
they found isotopic ratios which point back to a Middle Eastern connection, specifically Saudi Arabia, which, of course, that whole area, we call it Nephilim Central. That's where they roam. So it, it's not conclusive. It, it could have come from Michigan, but also it could have been um, because it's a bronze artifact. The tin definitely comes from Great Britain, no doubt about that. But it looks like it was originated in Saudi Arabia. So the question is, what the heck is that doing in Michigan? And the problem is here, with a lot of these artifacts, there's no provenance to them. In other words, I can't take you to the place where Bob Shelley found it, because someone else found, or maybe it washed up, maybe someone was digging. We don't know the provenance. We only know that Shelley found it at an abandoned campsite. So somebody was digging around in Michigan, and it's really interesting, of course, because Michigan is where those huge copper mines were, and a lot of copper, tons and tons of copper, has gone missing from those mines. Those those mines were, were, were working and opened thousands of years ago, and that created the Bronze Age that we see in Europe. Native Americans worked a little bit in copper, but they didn't make bronze. They didn't do that. They, they weren't smelting it down and creating bronze artifacts. So this is absolutely an out-of-place artifact, which is very enigmatic. And that's what the whole film is. That shows us that there is a hidden history that's been deliberately obfuscated from the peoples of the world. And that's why we're creating these films. And is, uh, how do you find these places? <laughs> that's, that's a really good question. You know, I, I get emails from people all the time. Um, and, and we go down some, some wild goose chases. Absolutely. But then we go into places and all of a sudden uh, we're sitting there with our jaws on the ground going, you've got to be kidding. Uh, one such place was Zambujero in Portugal, which really isn't in the film, although I do allude to it and show some pictures of it uh, in the film. But Zambujero is or, or was this, it was a tell. It was completely covered with dirt. And that begs the question, why was this done? Just like Obekli Tepe. Why, why did they bury it? Why, why is the site closed down and then buried? Why is Zambujero thousands of miles away in Portugal? And who buries it? Well, that's, that's my point. That's what I'm working on. And I, I just I can't really go there. But that's, that's what I'm working on. Because something is going on here, and, it, it's, and it's global, George. It's not just in one area. It's global. And it, and it happens at different time periods. When you look at Gilga Rafaim, the same thing. When you look at, at Gobekli Tepe, the site's covered. When you go to Zambujaro in Portugal, huge megalithic stones. They're, they're over 20 feet tall. There's a tumulus there. And the whole thing was covered up with dirt. When you go to America Stonehenge, the site is closed down. The site was closed down originally. What we know now is the sacrificial table. They didn't even know what it was. They just saw it was bedrock. There were vines growing on it. They didn't know what it was. And so the archaeologists went in, and they started uncovering this thing, and then they realized, oh, my gosh, what's this? And, and But we hear about this over and over and over again, and it's, it's global. So something, something is going on which we're not privy to, which we don't understand yet, and that's why I really can't, you know, can't spill the beans because I'm not sure what I'm looking at either. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. 
I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. 